Section 41 of the Golden Gems of Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Golden Gems of Life by Emery Adams Allen and S.C. Ferguson section 41 benevolence doing good is the only certain happy action of a man's life the very consciousness of well-doing is in itself ample reward for the trouble we have been put to the enjoyment of benevolent acts grows upon reflection experience teaches this so truly that never did any soul do good but he came readier to do the same again with more enjoyment never was love or gratitude or bounty practiced but with increasing joy which made the practitioner more in love with the fair act if there be a pleasure on earth which angels cannot enjoy and in which they might almost envy man the possession of it it is the power of relieving distress if there be a pain which devils might almost pity man for enduring it is the deathbed reflection that we have possessed the power of doing good but that we have abused and perverted it to purposed ill he who has never denied himself for the sake of giving has but glanced at the joys of benevolence we owe our superfluity and to be happy in the performance of our duty we must exceed it the joy resulting from the diffusion of blessings to all around us is the purest and sublimest that can ever enter the human mind and can be understood only by those who have experienced it next to the consolation of divine grace it is the most sovereign balm to the miseries of life both in him who is the object of it and in him who exercises it in all other human gifts and possessions though they advance nature yet they are subject to excess for we see that by aspiring to be like god in power the angels transgressed and fell by aspiring to be like god in knowledge man transgressed and fell but by aspiring to be like god in goodness or love neither man nor angels ever did or shall transgress for unto that imitation we are called a life of passionate gratification is not to be compared with a life of active benevolence god has so constituted our natures that a man cannot be happy unless he is or thinks he is a means of doing good we cannot conceive a picture of more unutterable wretchedness than is furnished by one who knows that he is wholly useless in the world a man or woman without benevolence is not a perfect being 
they are a deformed personality of a true manhood or womanhood in every heart there are many tendencies to selfishness but the spirit of benevolence counteracts them all in a world like this where we are all so needy and dependent where our interests are so interlocked where our lives and hearts overlap each other and often grow together we cannot live without a good degree of benevolence we do most for ourselves when we do most for others hence our highest interests even from a purely selfish point of view are in the paths of benevolence and in a moral sense we know that it is more blessed to give than to receive good deeds double in the doing and the larger half comes back to the donor a large heart of charity is a noble thing and the most benevolent soul lives nearest to god selfishness is the root of evil benevolence is the cure in no heart is benevolence more beautiful than in youth in no heart is selfishness more ugly to do good is noble to be good is more noble this should be the aim of all the young the poor and the needy should occupy a large place in their hearts the sick and suffering should claim their attention the sinful and criminal should awaken their deepest pity the oppressed and downtrodden should find a large place in their compassion women appears in her best estate in the exercise of benevolent deeds how sweet are her soothing words to the disconsolate how consoling her tears of sympathy to the mourning how fresh her spirit of hope to the discouraged how balmy the breath of her love to the oppressed man too appears in his best light and grandest aspect when he appears as the practical follower of him who went about doing good he who does these works of practical benevolence is educating his moral powers in the school of earnest and glorious life he is laying the foundation for a noble and useful career he is planting the seeds of a charity that will grow to bless and save the sufferings of our fellow man liberality consists less in giving profusely than in giving judiciously for there is nothing that requires so strict an economy as our benevolence liberality if spread over too large a surface produces no crop if over one too small it exuberates its rankness in and in weeds and yet it requires care to avoid the other extreme it is better to be sometimes mistaken than not to exercise charity at all though we may chance sometimes to bestow our benefice on the unworthy it does not take from the merit of the act it is not the true spirit of charity which is ever rigid and circumspect and which always mistrusts the truth of the necessities laid open to it be not frightened at the hard word impostor cast thy bread upon the waters 
some have unawares entertained angels a man should fear when he enjoys only what is good he does publicly lest it should prove to be the publicity rather than the charity that he loves we have more confidence in the benevolence which begins in the home and diverges into a large humanity than in the world-wide philanthropy which begins at the outside and converges into egotism a man should indeed have a generous feeling for the welfare of the whole world and should live in the world as a citizen of the world but he may have preference for that particular part in which he lives charity begins at home but it may and ought to go abroad still we have no respect for self-boasting charity which neglects all objects of commiseration near and around it but goes to the end of the world in search of misery for the sake of talking about it generosity during life is a very different thing from generosity in the hour of death one proceeds from genuine liberality and benevolence the other from pride or fear he that will not permit his wealth to do any good to others while he is living prevents it from doing any good to himself when he is gone by an egotism that is suicidal and has a double edge he cuts himself off from the truest pleasures here and the highest pleasures hereafter to pass a whole lifetime without performing a single generous action till the dying hour when death unlocks the grasp upon earthly possessions is to live like the talipat palm tree of the east which blossoms not till the last year of its life it then suddenly bursts into masses of flowers but emits such an odor that the tree is frequently cut down to be rid of it even such is the life of those who postpone their monifilience until the close of their days when they exhibit a late efflorescence of generosity which lacks the sweet-smelling perfume which good deeds should possess and when it appears like the tallypat flower it is a sure sign that death is at hand they surrender everything when they see they can not continue to keep possession and are at last liberal when they can no longer be parsimonious the truly generous man does not wish to leave enough to build an imposing monument since there is so much sorrow and suffering to be alleviated they enjoy the pleasure of what they give by giving it when alive and seeing others benefited thereby a conqueror is regarded with awe the wise man commands our esteem but it is the benevolent man who wins our affection a beneficent person is like a fountain watering the earth and spreading fertility it is therefore more delightful and more honorable to give than to receive the last best fruit which comes to late perfection even in the kindest soul 
is tenderness toward the hard forbearance towards the unforbearant warmth of heart towards the cold philanthropy towards the misanthropic end of section 41 recording by lindemarie nielsen vancouver bc